Do you understand that to launch a franchise and take it to profitability, you're talking three to five years, and it's going to cost you a lot of money. Do you understand that? Welcome to the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast, where we talk about all things franchising. Now, here's your host, Dr. John P. Hayes. Welcome to the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast. My guest is Robert Tunmeyer. More than 40 years of experience in franchising, widely known for his ability to grow companies. Robert served as executive VP overseeing franchise development for Neighborly, formerly the Dwyer Group, from 1998 to 2019. And prior to that, he had just about every executive position out of outside of accounting and finance, I believe, at Neighborly, selling hundreds of franchises himself, to being president of Glass Doctor at one point, Mr. Reuter at another point, president and CEO of the entire Dwyer Group organization at one point, and all of that in addition to opening his first franchise at the age of 17. Robert, it's uh, always a pleasure speaking to you, learning from you, spending time with you, and uh, welcome to the Franchise Hot Seat. Great to see you, John, my brother. Well, let's start out, Rob, with all these wonderful things that we talk about franchising. We're both great proponents of franchising. We've spent our, our careers in franchising. What's wrong with franchising? What's wrong with franchising? I think the, the there's a misconception that everybody should be in business for themselves. If you think that everybody should be in business for themselves, you're going to put people in business for themselves that should not be in business for themselves. And that creates issues for people. There are certain people that should be in business and there are people that should not be in business. Okay. And how do you know who those people are? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great question, John. You know, we, we, and this is going to sound really strange. We used what's called the disc profile at Neighborly and still use it today in, in what I do today. Uh, a high D driver or a high I, high D influencer yeah. or a high D, high C, um, S is, is, you know, kind of, you know, more conservative, C is analytical, um, a high S, high C, they're not going to do well in business typically. Yeah. Um, a low D high eye going to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Um, there is, believe it or not, a profile for those people that should be in business and those that shouldn't be in business. Yeah. And you don't make decisions necessary on the profile, but it'll help you make sure you know who you're bringing on board and if you should bring them on board. About 35 years ago, Sitting in a classroom at the Dwyer Group, we had our first DISC introduction. A bunch of us, maybe 25 of us were in that room. You were in that room. And I remember seeing your profile. It was an off-the-chart D, and you were flat in everything else. You were only a D all the way. Which, that is true, John, I yeah, have to admit. You were so driven so disciplined and all those things that D represents. Why is it 
And DISC is such an easy tool to understand and to use. It costs little to nothing. Yeah. Why don't franchisors use the DISC or something like that? I think, number one, they don't know about it, for one. Number two, they don't understand it. Number three, they don't believe it. And yeah, my D was off the chart. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember Farrell Hunter or not, but yeah, I do. He told me something about my D. He says, Robert, only 2% of the people in America have a D like yours, and 50% of them are in prison. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I can say I'm proud to say my eye has came up a little bit over the yeah. years, John. Uh -huh. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> has. I know that. Well, that's wonderful. I, you know, I, at Homevestors, I insisted on the disc as well. The yeah. founder of the company had already been using it. We knew if you weren't a D personality, you couldn't go out and do that business. So, and that's part of what's wrong with franchising, I believe as well. You know, there are good franchisors and they're not as good franchisors. Right. And we work on trying to make franchisors better. And all of that comes down to, if you're going to become a franchisee, this is your responsibility. You can't rely on the franchisor to sell you the franchise without you knowing, are you fit for franchising at all, number one, and then for that particular type of franchise. Nobody's yeah. going to do that for you. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's different businesses. There's retail, there's restaurants, there's service. And you need to make sure that you get involved with a franchise business that number one is something that you kind of connect to for whatever reason. And number two, that the franchise or is a solid franchise or mm -hmm. uh, frankly, selling someone a franchise is very easy. Helping them become a successful franchisee is a totally different story. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to buy a franchise, you're going to become a franchisee. Three things that you need to know or do before you buy that franchise? What do you say? What's at the top? Number one, it's a solid franchisor. Look at the financials of the franchisor. I mean, are they really a solid economic franchisor? Number two, is the business model itself, is it a real solid business model? There's businesses out there that are franchised today that are just jokes. I mean, literally jokes. Yeah. Um, so is the business model solid? And number two, are the franchisees that are in the business today, are they making money? And you can find all this out easily enough if you oh. use the franchise disclosure document. Yeah, the franchise disclosure document. And, you know, get on the phone and talk to existing franchisees. How's the franchisor? Does the franchisor care about you as a person? That is one of the things to me, you know, there should be a real relationship there. And a lot of people get this sense that the franchisor is trying to manipulate you, trying to manipulate you into buying and then trying to manipulate you into paying your royalty and keeping you uh, involved in the business for 10, 20 years. You sold, I, I said hundreds of franchises, but collectively with all the people you coached, it's got to be thousands of franchises. Yes, that that's true, John. Yeah, over that period of time. So how did you approach the number one call, the number two call? How did you see that prospect as a uh, 
somebody who you needed to manipulate, certain things you would tell them, not tell them, only tell them on the third call, don't tell them on the first call? Or was it more of you were building a relationship to see, is this the right person for us? Yeah, so I would say that you have to look at, number one, it's not a sales process, okay? If you approach it like you're selling someone a franchise, John, that's so, so backwards. What it should be is a quality decision process. Is this the right thing for this individual? Is it the right thing for us as a franchisor? It's a quality decision process, not a sales process. And if you come from it like you're selling someone a franchise, it's not going to work out well for either. That's not what it's about. And yet, how many franchisors believe it is a sales process? That's what they talk about. That's what they do. And there's a scarcity mentality that if I don't get this one, who knows when I'll get another one. So I need to sell this one. Yeah, you know, and it's a sad thing in franchising today. There's organizations out there today that will take a young franchisor and say to them, we'll help you open up. 50 franchises or 100 franchises over the next 12 months or 18 months. And their whole thing is selling franchises. I was on the phone with a franchisor the other day, and they just enlisted one of these companies four months ago. And it saddens me that a franchisor, what's going to happen, they're going to wake up 18 months from now, and they're going to have a mess on their hands. Number one, the franchisor is not geared to support that many new franchisees. And number two, the franchisees that, that they're going to add, a high percentage of them are not going to be the right people. Right. And then how do you get validation when you don't have the right people and you only have a few franchisees? How important is that to get validation? Yeah, you know, I think a young franchisor, if in fact you realize why does someone become a franchisee? People become franchisees because they believe that your franchise will help them accomplish their personal financial goals. That's why people become franchisees. And if, in fact, as a franchisor, you do that, whether you have five franchises or you have 150 franchises, if by and large your franchisees are accomplishing their personal and financial goals. That's how it works. How was it that Dwyer Group and then later Neighborly, you never had a shortage of selling, processing people into the lifestyle of a franchisee, of awarding franchises. You hit your goals consistently. You exceeded goals. Whereas other companies can't, can't get four sold this year, one a quarter. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a couple of things. Number one, John, I was a product of the product. I had four franchises starting from the time I was 17 years of age. And so I had a deep belief about what a franchise can do for somebody. And every time I taught my people this, and here's a simple test. Would you ask your brother or your father or your sister to become a franchise of this company. Yeah, I don't know if you even know this, but my brother was a franchisee. Yeah. My dad was a franchisee. My sister was a franchisee. And ask yourself, would I 
purchase a franchise of this company? Would I mortgage my home to do this? And if you can't say yes to that question, then why would you put someone else into it? I mean, you, you, that, that's a fraud. Uh, and yet another component of this is, and Dwyer Group was always great at it, neighborly is setting the world on fire with this. You've got to be able to reach the prospective franchisees. Yes. You've got to be able to have enough because out of a, how many people did you need to talk to to award a franchise? Yeah, the norm number, the normal number is typically one person out of 110 will become a franchisee. Okay. So it's a it's a lot of processing, a lot of talking that you've got to do to find that one buyer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's funny, John, the math, even working with a company that I'm involved with today, Sam the Concrete Man, the math is still the same, John. Hasn't changed. So <laughs> Hasn't that changed. flips into if you're going to be Sam the Concrete Man, if you're going to be a franchisor, you got a you've got a business that's been working for you for a couple of years, five years six months, whatever it might be. And for whatever reason, you now want to be a franchisor. Top three things that person needs to know before pulling the trigger on becoming a franchisor. Yeah, number one, and I was just in a meeting last Tuesday with uh, someone about this whole thing. You know, the question I always want to know when someone says, I want to franchise my business. Why? Why do you want to franchise this business? What is your objective of franchising this business? That's number one. I want to understand why they want to do this. Before we continue, let me tell you about the Selling Franchises Boot Camp coming up at Palm Beach Atlantic University, the home of the Titus Center for Franchising in West Palm Beach. This two-day boot camp is jam-packed with information and people who will help you sell more franchises in 2023 and beyond. Everything from lead generation to technology that people are using today to sell more franchises to events that you can incorporate to how to sell to the generations of people who are buying franchises. Baby boomers don't buy the same way as Gen Z buys and you need to know that information. Plenty of networking opportunities three major keynotes, lots of information that will be valuable to you in this two-day boot camp at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can get all the details at TitusCenter.com. Click on Selling Franchises Boot Camp. It's set for January 19 and 20, 2023. Number two, do you understand that to launch a franchise and take it to profitability is you're talking three to five years and it's going to cost you a lot of money. I mean, you're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get it from point A to point B. Do you understand that? Yeah. You know, I mean, and most people, they have this idea, oh, I get this great idea. I got this business. I'm going to go franchise it. Well, being a franchisor is totally different than being a plumber or whatever. A franchisor is a totally different business. So when you think about, you know, what, what else? You got to know why you're going to do it. What else would do you want that franchise, that prospective franchisor to know? Well, you got to know it's not 
going to be a short run. It's going to be a three to five year difficult, challenging road, and you're going to invest a lot of money. You better have an abundance of money to fund this thing to get it to cash flowing. And why is that? Because, you know, if take Sam the Concrete Man, he worked that business, he succeeded at that business. Now he wants to find somebody who wants to do it like him, be like Sam. And he's going to spend a month teaching Jimmy how to be like Sam. And why is that so costly? And he's going to do it again and again and again. Where's all the money needed? You know, just because you can be Sam, the concrete man in X city, doesn't mean that you know how to take someone else and help them be Sam in another city. I mean, building a brand, putting the processes, the systems, I mean, even getting legal to franchise, the FDD. I mean, the, the whole event just to start yeah. franchising yeah. is expensive. And then most franchisors don't know how to find franchisees. They don't understand development. And you have no royalties coming in because you don't have any franchises, you know, and if you don't find franchisees, you have no franchise fees yeah. coming in. So, I mean, you go broke. So does it amaze you, Robert, that about once a day, there's a new franchisor brand in the marketplace in America? Yeah, I have to admit, John, it is kind of mind boggling to me, the number of franchisors out there today. And I don't know the exact statistic on this, but it's a very, very high percentage that most franchisors never get past 100 franchises. It's like two-thirds of them. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, two-thirds of them have under 100 franchisees. Yeah, and if you never get past 100, you're in trouble. So. How about, you know, you're one of the superstars in franchising, and it's an amazing story, which we haven't had time to get into that. How essentially, you said, I, I don't need school. I don't want to do that. And this guy named Don Dwyer, through one incident or another, shows you how to do carpet cleaning, which doesn't sound very attractive either. But Don also sold you on the big picture of life, and you bought that very quickly, and you got on the superstar path. But there aren't many Don Dwyers around, and there are a lot of high school dropouts and a lot of people who need direction. But, you know, that's probably a once-in-a-million type of scenario where a guy like you meets a guy like Don, and, you know, you are independently wealthy. You're a superstar in franchising. You don't need to work. There are people begging you to come and help them. But you've got God's work on your mind. You'd rather do that than building another franchise. You don't need to do that again. How do people, somebody who wants to be a superstar, you're talking to, whether it's my student or you're talking to a 30-year-old who's been doing something, a job that they don't like, and they want to get into franchising. How do they become a superstar? What's the path? You know, John, it's funny you ask that question because I mentor still to this day about 10 young people people. And I meet with each one of them on a monthly basis. And I have a very clear process that I go through. And the first book that Don Dwyer had me read, I'll never forget. I, I went and bought this book. It was $1.95. And it was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon yeah. Hill. 
And the book is an older book. It has some stuff that's maybe not current. But what that book will help you understand is how to use your brain, how to think, how to talk to yourself. And you've got to learn how to think, how to use your brain. Okay. And that's what that book will do for you. And then the second book, oddly enough, and once again, an old book, but to this day, and I, 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 one of the guys I was mentoring, we're going through the book right now. We did chapter three on Monday, actually. Richest Man in Babylon. Yes. Great book. I mean, this book to this day, in my opinion, and yes, I'm independently wealthy, very blessed, but it is the best book on managing your own personal finance and finances and becoming independently wealthy to this yeah. day. It is the best book. I mean, start by reading those two books. And then is it, if you could choose over again, would you do anything differently? Would you have not devoted your life to franchise development? Would you have grown a brand or multiple brands or become a franchisee of a hundred units? You know, John, that's a, that's a great question. I've not, I'll be honest with you, John. I've not thought about that really. I don't think I would have done it differently. Really. It has worked out really, really well. As I mentioned to you, I just had lunch with Doug Dwyer. I got a lifetime of relationships, even like with you. We've known each other 40 years. And I was a franchisee. I love being a franchisee. But I tell you, I think about it and I think, you know, I have literally helped hundreds and hundreds of people become millionaires. And I have friends, John, around the world, not just in North America, Mm -hmm. that the franchisees with Glass Doctor from St. Louis, good friends of ours, they flew down and met us there. I mean, I have these relationships that span time that if you look back on a life well-lived, it's those relationships that really matter. Well, you've done so many things well. And before we close, I want you to talk a little bit about what you're doing now. It's not necessarily franchising in a way, it's franchising still. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I left Neighborly three years ago this past October. And God said, you know, I want you to go devote your time, talent, and treasures to ministry to men in the Catholic Church. And it's really strange because I, I left to go do that full time. And I'll never forget sitting here. I left on Friday, October 19th, I believe it was, And Monday morning, I'm sitting here in my office. We have a building, our foundation does. I can remember sitting here in my office that Monday morning, and (laughs) I'm all by myself. (laughs) And I'm used to a very intense game. I had, you know, I had 55 people, you know, that I worked with and an assistant outside my door. And I'm sitting here going, Wow. Okay. What now? You know, and it took me, believe it or not, John, it took me a year and a half as I was doing ministry to men in the Catholic church full time. We started an organization called Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance to get ministry to men going in the Catholic church in every diocese in North America. And we launched a platform called heroicmen.com. After about a year and a half, I realized 
that, oh, what I'm really doing is franchising ministry to men in a Catholic church. And when I got that aha, I realized, oh, I know what I need to do. And how has that grown in the last couple of years? Oh, John, by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit, we have made tremendous inroads. I have five and a half paid associates, very skilled people involved in the ministry, making great inroads with deacons and the bishops and the priests throughout North America. Another thing I realized too, by the way, if I get up every day and just do my 10% and let the Holy Spirit do the 90, that's all I got to do. I used to think I got to get up and really do the 90 and the Holy Spirit will do the 10. But when I realized about a year ago that all I got to do is get up every day and do my 10% and give it up to the Holy Spirit to do the 90. Life is much easier that way. Yes, it is, John. <laughs> right. Well, Robert, you're such a great success and what a pleasure it has been knowing you all these years and seeking your wisdom at times like this and sharing it with a broad audience is a blessing in itself. And I want to thank you for spending the time with me today. And I look forward to doing this again, because it's always an educational process learning from Robert Tunmeyer. Yeah, I always enjoy visiting with you and anything I can do to help, John. And uh, you got a big day next week, don't you? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 24th of December. I'm no longer a single man. <laughs> well, I'm happy yeah. for you. And, uh, yeah, you know, you. I'll be praying for y'all. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. I'll keep you posted on that, Robin. And have a beautiful Christmas with your family. I know you will. Yeah. And stay healthy. And until we uh, will meet up again. Soon. I guess I'll see you at the IFA for sure. Yeah, definitely going to be there. And I've got four students I'm going to be able to bring with me because by the grace of God, a couple of my board members each said, well, we want to underwrite a student so they don't have to pay their expenses. IFA gives me four free tickets for students. And yesterday, in fact, HFC, Jarrett Smith from HFC said, we're going to give you money for two students, the uh. other two students to go to the, so they're going to get their trip paid to the convention. And, you know, that's an experience of a lifetime oh. for a young person to be able to do that. Yeah. So yeah. and, and uh, looking forward to you being at the prayer breakfast and I'll I'm going to be there. Of course, I'm going to bring them. I'll Amen. bring the students to the prayer breakfast as well. So. All right. Have a Merry Christmas, my brother. OK. God Thank bless you. God bless you, Rob. Thanks for tuning in to the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast with Dr. John P. Hayes. Tune in next time for more conversation around all things franchising.